0: Hey y'all, it's Leah D. am a black woman millennial from Cleveland with a heart for storytelling. I found great purpose in exploring my own roots and those of my family. To share those stories with others, I've started to record many pod episodes entitled Legacy Talks. The first volume features none other than my O.D. Those that have known me for two minutes or more know that one of my main characters in my story is my granddaddy. I was raised by my maternal family only. And because of that, my mother's dad also subbed in as my own. He's 80 now and my best friend. I call him my oldie and jest. He retired from the city of Cleveland when I was a teenager. So most of my foundational views of the city of Cleveland were shaped during an era where my granddad's alarm clock would sound off around 4 a.m., waking him up for first shift. I'll always envision him in his green uniform with his buttoned up top neatly tucked into his pants. But more on that later. In this episode, we'll hear about my granddad's memories of his birthplace, Union Point, Georgia, how he remembers his own great migration to Cleveland and his fondness for his first Cleveland neighborhood. Listen up.
1: I remember streams of water, woods, my granddaddy, my grandmother, my great-grandmother, my great-grandfather, and a lot of cousins, and some pigs. My granddad is making corn liquor. My daddy coming on, I want to know where it's at, or we can get it and take it home.
0: That snippet of my granddad describing his birthplace of Union Point, Georgia, was recorded before we actually visited. We were able to take a family trip this past summer to explore the very small and almost deserted Southern Railroad town. Though he was born there, granddad doesn't remember much about the place. His family temporarily moved to Atlanta, which is only about an hour and a half drive away from Union Point. And it's there, in Atlanta, where he has very vivid memories, including one that he considers a driving factor in how he ended up in Cleveland.
1: This was in uh, 1950. I remember my mother being pregnant with Bug And she was sitting down, and the white man came and told her to get up. And I told her to sit down. So she sit back down for a while. Then she got back up and said, this is our bus stop. It's the next stop. But it wasn't. She got off. I think she wanted to protect me. Next thing I know, uh, I was getting ready to come to Cleveland.
0: Granddaddy was sent to Cleveland to live with his father, who had come up from the South earlier to find work in the steel mills. I couldn't imagine being put in a car and driven to a different city, but it's a major part of his story that he says he doesn't regret. When he arrived in Cleveland, his father had gotten situated in a home that sat on Kinsman Road. Even now, when he talks about his childhood neighborhood, it brings him great pride to recall how bustling it was, but more importantly to him, how black it was.
1: I was living on, uh, I think it was a 6905 Kinsman. All black, it was an all black neighborhood, you know. we had everything in them days what we call good, I guess. Drug stores, grocery stores. Only thing left now it was there when I was a child is Garden Valley, which in our day was it was called the Woodland Center. We had a the King Theater, it's gone, which is a church now. And had, uh, had ice cream shops on the corner of uh, 73rd Street. And was a black owner named Johnny, and he sold uh, ice cream and had a black-owned store.
0: Once he arrived in Cleveland, it was time to get into school. He was enrolled at Wooldridge Elementary. Fun fact, Wooldridge once sat at 6200 Kinsmen. Part of that parcel is home to what is now known as Green City Growers. But let's get back into it. Listen with me as Granddaddy talks about how he was initially treated as the newest black kid from the South. And then you let me know if it feels as bizarre to you as it did to me.
1: I had a twang in my voice, so they, in my speech, so they set me back a half a grade then until I learned how to talk English, they said. gave me reading classes. So
0: that's what it was. Wow. Well, it's clear their questionable speech interventions didn't quite work. Because as you can hear, his Georgia twang is still ever-present. But next episode, we'll hear more from him about his school days, middle school at the infamous Rawlings Junior High, and more importantly, who he met as a young student that would go on to play a pivotal role in his life. My grandma, his wife, the one and only Mary. Here's a short
1: preview. I was in the seventh grade, and she was—I didn't—and uh, I think she was still in elementary. Skeet and I got in a fight. I was bro- brother, and someone was kept hit me on the back of the head. And I went, "What in the world is this? Get out of my brother! Get out of my brother!" And I turned around, and that was, she was trying to fight me. She was doing more damage than her brother was.
0: <laughs> Thanks for listening to Volume One, Episode One of Legacy Talks. Catch us soon for more. And in the meantime, let me know what you think. See y'all.
1: That's enough for today. Five, five more minutes.